0: Hello Captives and Captive friends and welcome to GCP Live at Seeker 2023. My name is Richard Kutcher and this is a live recording of the Global Captive podcast in front of another packed room here in Palm Springs, California. We will release an edited version of this podcast on all podcast apps in the next day or so as well if it's fit for release. That's kind of reliant on these guys. Uh, This is meant to be a bit of fun, hopefully a light entertaining way to end another very successful informative Seeker International Conference. And this session perhaps will be instructive or informative in slightly different ways than what you've been used to for the last couple of days. So over the next 30 minutes, uh, I'm going to be joined by a total of eight guests from captive owners and front-team partners to captive managers and tax experts, plus we'll also have the Seeker president himself the only guest uh, to survive the call of last year's uh, participants. I think some of last year's participants on this are, are in the room. Uh, we're going to have uh, a short chat about Captive Innovation, hear something uh, about our guests you've never heard before, hopefully, and also pit the two panels against each other on a quick game of Captive trivia. So our first panel, sitting up here, from the far end there, we have Nick Troxell, Manager of Global Captive Fronting at Allianz, formerly also of Nike. We have immediately here, we have Cheryl Baker, Head of North American Risk Management at Stellantis. Uh, we have Jason Flaxbeard, Executive Managing Director, Alternative Risk at Brown and Brown, and Anne-Marie Toll, Global Capture Solutions Leader at Highland. So Amory, let's start with you. Many people here will know you well. You were just speaking on that last uh, panel just before we, we came on. Uh, is there something, anything about you that maybe people in, your, in the room don't know that you can share with us?
1: Well, usually I'm a pretty open book, but there are probably a couple of things that people may not know about me. I've been fortunately a lifelong athlete. And some of you might have seen a couple of years ago with uh, destroying my foot. And I think some of that stems back to I, I played soccer, or as you say, football. Yep. <laughs> and, um, say correctly, I yeah. played soccer growing up and played in college, but back Back in the day, when I was in college, it was actually only for females a varsity, or a varsity club, and was not actually at my school where I attended was not a varsity sport um, as it is to today. And so, you know, through that and through multiple injuries on both of my ankles and my foot recently, I decided and have taken up the sport of kayaking uh, to try to have a little bit of relief with my lower body. and <laughs> So I've focused now more on my upper body. And, and so what is kind of interesting and might not be aware for many of you is sometimes as my husband knows, I need a little bit of a break. Uh, we live on a lake. And I'll sit there in my office and look out at a beautiful day and say, I, I need a break, I need a mental break. So sometimes I may be on a conference call and on mute while I'm out there kayaking. So I'm sorry, and I apologize for the water noise that you might hear.
0: That is good. I'll bear that in mind next time we've got a call. Um, so uh, Nick, many people here uh, might know you from, from your Nike days. Um, a few maybe. Yeah, and I, I, um, I was delighted to finally meet you. You only ever took my calls when you finally left Nike, actually, because you were probably scared of me before. But um, you're now at Allianz. Can you tell us something uh, new or maybe surprising
2: about yourself? Sure, I'll stick with the captive industry in my career and experience with Nike. My first job uh, was with Nike in June of 2000 and the captive had just opened and so they needed someone to handle claims. So as the first claims adjuster that they had, so I handled general liability claims and about a year after the captive opened, Uh, they had the largest recall of products uh, of a pair of shoes that would cause lacerations to someone's leg. So I spent years and years negotiating settlements for those claims. So that was kind of my first foray into insurance and i didn't really know what a captive was even though i was handling the claims yeah. for the captive i didn't really understand what it what it was
0: yeah so in the baptism of fire then. Yeah, guess, very to, much to the insurance and, and the captive world uh cheryl thanking you thanking you for joining us on gcp live at last i've been trying to get you on the global captive podcast for a few years so it's good to finally get you on what is there but we might not know about you it would be nice to share Thank
3: you, it's nice to be here. Um, So some of you might know that I enjoy running. I don't run fast and I don't run far, but I run often. And um, one of the things I like to do is pick like a short run, a fun run that is a group run. And as some of you if you're runners or you know, you participate in any of these events, then you know that sometimes you get um, a medal. It's not you know, everyone gets it, it's a participation award for those of you in the room who like that term. And so I have been known on occasion to pick the run based on what that medal's gonna look like. <laughs> <laughs> so and then I tend to hang it on my tree at Christmas time. So
0: Is it it a very busy tree or is it quite an empty tree? It's it's busy. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Quite a running theme, which we're going to carry on, I think, with later as well. Jason, uh, I'm not sure you've got any kind of fitness stories to share, so what what have you got? uh,
4: Although one thing I do know is next time I take a conference call in the bathroom, I'll just say I'm kayaking. (laughs) (laughs) So what many people may not know about me is I've met Peter Gabriel three times. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, he lives in a place called Box, just Does, outside does Peter Bach.
0: say the same thing about you? He,
4: you know, he, he wrote that song, I Don't Remember, about <laughs> this. Um, but uh, the first time I met him, I was working in a hardware store in Bath, and uh, this was when I was at university. It wasn't my job before Captures, it was something I just did at the time. And uh, he, he wandered in asking for a bag of nails and some nuts and bolts, and we didn't recognize him. And we said, you know, just piss off, you know. <laughs> Coming in here asking for bag and bag of nails, you know, we're not we're not gonna sell you a bag of nails, it costs thirty-three P, you know. And then somebody said, That's Peter Gabriel. So they gave me the bag of nails and nuts and bolts and I had to run down the street in the middle of the bath going, Mr. Gabriel, I've got your nuts. <laughs> so that's my story. It's uh, I don't think did he make his autobiography?
0: I don't know if it made his autobiography. Uh, I've got a little sting here though.
5: Oh I tried to
4: send him a sledgehammer as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, let's, let's get into some innovation chat then as well. And I think uh, that's, that's why I mentioned continuing the running theme. Uh, Nick, let's start with you. We want to ask all four of you, what's kind of the most innovative thing in Captives you have, have come across or, or maybe perhaps worked on yourself?
2: Sure. I'll go with worked on. So um, in 2016, Nike endeavored to break the two-hour barrier of the marathon. I don't know if anybody saw that, but there was a YouTube live video called Breaking Two and they picked three athletes to potentially do it, and they thought one would make it, and he had he had a bonus clause in his contract, and they asked for us to go get insurance for that, which we don't traditionally do for any other athletes, but they really thought it would happen here. So, And I had no experience in that type of insurance, so we went to the Lloyd's market, um, And we got about 60% of that filled, but there were tons of subjectivities that they added to it that we couldn't adhere to. So at the end of the day, we ended up putting it into the captive and selling a policy back to the company. And um, fortunately, he did not break the two hour barrier. So the captive was profitable. He only missed it by 25 seconds. So it it was a nail biter for the captive and it was It was, they ran it in Italy. So I was up very late at night watching it live, wondering if uh, I lost out on a few hundred thousand dollars or not on the deal, but it worked out well. Yeah. So you were happy about the uh, about Nike failing to well, break see, that record. <laughs> you know, it depended on what hat I was wearing, you know, Nike or not, but um, twenty-five seconds was like close enough that made it made it really worthwhile for for Nike as well. So
0: cool, yeah. Cool. Now when you told me that story at the pub, I was desperate to try and get to tell you that story on the on the podcast. I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we got that one. Uh, Cheryl, how about how about yourself? In the most innovative innovative thing that you've seen or, or worked on regarding captives?
3: I'm not sure this is super innovative, but um one of the things I like to tell people about in case they haven't heard or thought about this before, and I know some of you in the room have because we've talked about this in the past, but um, someone once told me, you know, look, look where the money is, look where all the reserves are. look where you look at your finances in your organization, and where is that money being held, and can that be used somewhere, you know a little more um, strategically? And so one of the things that uh, we did when I was at Blue Cross before I joined Stellantis is we um, worked with one of the subsidiaries that had overfunded trust accounts. And the reason why I want to mention this to people is I think sometimes we, we, um, we don't realize how much money um is maybe in some of these trust accounts and you're like well it's earning interest it's fine it's sitting there it's you know what else are we going to do with it if it's an otherwise profitable company right and you don't need that cash for something but in this case we were able to write a lost portfolio transfer into the captive at a very reasonable premium um, probably uh, you know five percent of what was funded in that in that trust and that enabled that organization to release those funds to use it for more strategic uh, purposes, paying claims, for example. Since it was a healthcare company, um, they did a lot of uh, research and development um, grants. They provided those to the to uh, local organizations, local research companies. Um, during uh, the opioid epidemic, that a lot of money went into educating doctors and the local community. So maybe not quite as as exciting as the uh, <laughs> as the Nike uh, example, but I think it's a great way to look at where is that money being held and what can you do with it? Someone might say, it doesn't matter if it's my right pocket or my left pocket that's paying for it, we're going to still pay for it. But really it's educating people in your organization to show them that that money can be put to use elsewhere.
0: Fantastic. Cheers. Good example.
4: Uh, Jason. My, my favorite thing about captives is how responsive they are to the market conditions. You know, my economics changes daily. Our thought patterns change daily. Analytics changes daily. And my, my favorite thing that's, that, that, that we're working on with many, many companies now is, is the development of risk appetite statements. You know, m- most of you deal with insurance companies who have very, very defined risk appetite statements, and m- most companies don't seem to have those, large companies as well, and uh, the development of those is, is the most innovative thing I've, I've seen. But if you go back years and years and years and years ago, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying the most innovative thing was 40 years ago, but <laughs> it was um, the creation of Ace and XL, they were captives back in Bermuda back in the day in, in, in the liability crisis in the m- middle of the 80s, uh, the creation of uh, customer programs, uh, the, the, the development of captives as profit vehicles. And I think that the, the, the thing that we're seeing across large Fortune 100s right now is putting captives at the very, very center of all risk management programs, buying reinsurance for, uh, behind captives, uh, writing, as I say, customer programs, and developing statements at the parent level and at the captive level. Th- those are the most innovative things I've seen recently. and it's. Uh, uh, but as, as somebody said to me, there's nothing new in insurance. This was invented years and years ago. And uh, we're we just you know, making a different souffle with the same ingredients. But that's, that's just what I think. Cool, Jason,
0: uh, Marie, in- innovation.
1: Excellent. I think you know, thinking back, just like Jason, over the past 30 years or so and what I've been involved with, I have a client that I was involved with about eight, nine years ago. And thinking about your traditional workers comp And with this particular organization, they were multifaceted and they were evaluating and looking at their workers' comp claims and determining with the healthcare costs and rising healthcare costs, what can we do to help manage this? And decided to utilize the surplus in their captive to set up their own clinic and fund the clinic uh, onsite for any of their workers' comp injuries. And I think back at the time, this is a little more common I think now, but at the time, Utilizing the surplus and running some of the insurance through the captive made a lot of sense because then it helped control their workers comp claims. They also ended up bringing in on the healthcare side as well and made it available across the entire organization and then taking any uh, profitability and then actually helping to p- supply additional employee benefits. AND I THINK UTILIZING THAT, WHICH IS, AS WE ALL KNOW, EMPLOYEE BENEFITS HAS DEFINITELY GROWN, BUT AT THE TIME, I THINK IT WAS A BIT MORE INNOVATIVE IN WHAT THEY'RE DOING.
0: Fantastic. Okay, we're gonna um, ask the questions to our second panel in the second half, but before we do that, we're gonna have a quick game of uh, captive trivia. So I'll talk you through how this is gonna work. Um, So last year at Seeker and in our other GCP lives in 2022 for Guernsey in London and at ECF in Luxembourg, we played a game of captive domiciles, higher or lower. Uh, This year, we're gonna kind of tweak it slightly and it will still be a game of higher or lower uh, but with how many new captives were formed in said domiciles during 2022 and we're not including cells in those numbers so kind of single parent captives the cause of cell companies group captives etc these numbers have all come direct from the regulators and are listed on the captive website where you can sort and organize them by captive type uh, but this panel is working as a team so we'll count up your scores From this panel and we'll see how that you do up against the second panel um so you need to see how many in a row you can get right as soon as you get one wrong that's it you're done um so yeah how many you can get in a right maximum score of six i think the second panel last year that dan was on did get six out of six um and the first panel before them got maybe two or three i can't remember but it wasn't great so do consult amongst yourselves and i suggest nominating one of you to be spokesperson to give me the final answer so you don't, um, you, know, you, don't, you don't slip up. So uh, we will start by telling you that Arizona in 2022 licensed 14 new captives last year, 14. So the first question is, were the number of new captives licensed in Georgia during 2022 higher or lower than Arizona's 14? So if you wanna consult and give me an answer, I'll give a little countdown for you. Lower. Lower. There we go, correct. One and one, one from one so far. Okay, so Georgia, Georgia in 2022 had three new captives formed in Georgia. So the next one is Connecticut, higher or lower. Was the number of captives formed in Connecticut higher or lower than three? Low, uh, higher or lower than three?
1: Lower.
4: Mm. So you really, you
6: really haven't got much, you
0: haven't, yeah, we haven't got we much- We set a be. really high bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it makes it a lot quicker, which means we can get a drink quicker, I guess. So, uh, it was uh, it was higher. Uh, I have 11 here in front of me. So, it was quite considerably higher uh, for, for Connecticut. Then
1: 14? You just
2: Wait, there's three.
0: There was three in Georgia. Yeah.
1: Oh, we're, oh we're I'm
0: sorry, Georgia. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about we going going higher to
1: Arizona. Than Arizona. No, Georgia, I said, was, oh, uh, okay, guys, sorry, that's. We, yeah, I thought we were going back to Arizona, yeah. didn't you? That's a, t- that's <laughs> a, <laughs> that's a trick question. That's a trick. Yeah, well, we we, we thought we were going policy. back to Arizona, not yeah. No, Georgia.
4: no, okay. sorry guys. No, I read the deck page, I didn't read the rest of the policy. <laughs> sorry about that.
0: <laughs> sorry guys, well excuse me, we you can run those excuses by someone else later, we'll just have to see if these guys can, uh, someone get it. You, I
1: think you need to have clarifying points there, terms and conditions.
0: <laughs> There's a lesson for all of us there in somewhere. Somewhere. Okay, so let's uh, say thank you to our first panel, just give, us, just give us 30 seconds to change over before we get our, our second panel up. So give them a round of applause and we'll get our second panel up. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to the second half of GCP Live at Seeker 2023. Joining us for our second panel and to see us through to the end and the closing drinks reception, we have Dan Toll, President of Seeker. We have Teresa Severson, um, Vice President of Insurance and Risk Management at Kite Realty. Uh, Paul Phillips at the end there, Partner and Global Captive Network Co-Leader at EY. And immediately to my right, Adriana Scherzinger, Head of Captives, and alternative risk solutions at Zurich, North America. So, uh, Teresa, I'm gonna start with you uh, first up for the um, first question, which is, can you tell us something a little bit new or different about yourself, which maybe we don't know?
7: I like that we're the ones that are standing between everybody in the bar, but. Yeah. Um, so what you may not know about me is I'm first American born in my family. My parents immigrated from Ireland and all during elementary and high school. I took Irish step dancing at the same school and danced with Michael Flatley.
0: Wow, and we, can, and we have Michael Flatley here. now. And, and he's, he's
7: coming down, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little something different about so me. So maybe after a few more So I wasn't tonight. an athlete. So when you everybody was saying, oh, where are you going for a competition this week? I was like, Irish step dancing. <laughs> and nobody knew about it then. So it was just a kind of a strange little hobby at that time.
0: Fantastic. And uh, Dan Toll, uh, you told us something new last year. I've already forgotten what it was, actually, what it was you told us
5: I'm last time. I'm not even sure what it was last time. but uh,
0: Give it, Say the same thing again. No, yeah, no, no,
5: I'll come up with something different, because uh, many of you know from my general session remarks, I've told you many gory details of my travels and tribulations, whether it be uh, a kidney stone or something else. And, and my dad, who's in his 80s, always asked me, he goes, I know you've talked about Spencer and the kids and the boys and all these different things and stories, but have you ever worked me into it? And i've always had to say no so when you asked me this question i was like i'm going to tell you something about my dad so both of my parents are twins both fraternal twins so i look a lot like my mom's twin brother which thankfully he's 82 he actually still has jet black hair so i think i've got some hope there my my younger brother has blonde hair and blue eyes and looks exactly like my my dad's brother so it's kind of a kind of a funny Thing with my folks, both being uh, fraternal twins. Now it has passed through the female, my sister, and uh, she has not had any twins. And she said three children. So, yeah, fantastic. So okay. now I can check that off my list. I can tell my dad. <laughs> you can send you. him the recording as well. Uh, I can approve yeah. it. Uh, Adriana,
0: something new or different about yourself we might want to know.
6: Yeah, I must say I really enjoy living in Chicago. It's such an amazing place and has so much to offer, right? So the cultural diversity, the food, the architecture, maybe not the cold in the winter for a Brazilian, um, but I really enjoy it. What also draws me to Chicago is this proximity to Lake Michigan. I am a huge fan of boating, so it's the right place to be. I always cook fish on Saturday. So this is new <laughs> about me. Uh, but my greatest adventure now is my my goal, right? So my goal for the next two years is to go to all the 50 states in the United States. Okay.
0: So to years time, we can find out how many of you have managed to, to go. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Paul?
8: Yeah, so um, hmm. that's a tough question for me. Um, because I think a lot of people do know some of the things that me and my team participate in, but I grew up in southern Louisiana in a rural area, so that is a very dangerous question to ask me. Um, I got involved with the Spartan Racing, and last year, me and members of the team competed in the World Championships in Greece. Um, part of Spartan Racing, which I think half the audience knows I do that, is cardio endurance. Um, cardio endurance has never been a strong suit but I have started to do a lot of running and collecting medals I don't hang them on my Christmas tree Um, but but I also got involved in soccer because my youngest daughter plays soccer at an elite level and through her encouragement and me trying to further my Spartan efforts I it's interesting it's like the game sucked me in So I became a national referee two years ago. Uh, Yesterday, I achieved my national coaching D license. And I have a girls team, a varsity team that I coach, as well as now a new boys team that I will coach when I get back, because the first practice is on Friday. So that's new.
0: Cool. Good stuff, good stuff. I think, uh, I don't know if Preble's in the room, but Preble's probably gutted because last year he shared a very intimate personal story about him and Peter Johnson and no one has got anywhere near to topping that. So that will still go down in history as, uh, yeah, that was, there is a recording of that i'll send it around uh, to make sure if you haven't if you weren't here last year you, you can you can hear that this year um okay let's move on to uh, innovation and adriana i'm going to start with you this time uh, what is the most innovating thing in captives you've, you've either come across or, or worked on because you've worked with captives all around the world in europe in latin america in america now as well
6: yeah i have seen one or two things about captives in the last 10 years um i'll go back to 2021 i call it my PAG in captives year, right? And that year I supported a telecom customer in merging three captives into one captive in Luxembourg. On that same year, this captive was re-domiciled to Spain. And this captive started writing tele- well mobile protection uh, for the customers. And for me, it was a really rewarding year where we could support them with first a commutation, innovation, and also delivering an international program of bioprotection in many, many countries. So that was my year.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure I know which company that was as well, because it's only really one massive, <laughs> big telecommunications company in Spain. Uh, Dan, uh, innovation. Uh, what have you come across, whether from previous days or in SICA or people you have speaking to?
5: I have to think I'm gonna answer this a little differently. Most of us who work in this career for a lifetime, if we spend 30 years in it, that's pretty impressive. And very often near the end of our career is where sometimes we've reached the height of our knowledge and experience and everything. And I started after I've watched the student essay contest over the last few years, and I see the students that are coming out of good risk management schools, that they are easily 10 years ahead of where I was. And I, 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 I leaned over to Matt who was sitting next to me and I said, I think that might've been an un- underestimation. I might need to go a little bit higher. And when I think of that, I think of how awesome they are gonna be after they've spent 20 years or whatever. So I really think the next inc- incredible wave of innovation is gonna be with our young people that get in this space because there's no telling what they can do after they have all that experience under their belt.
0: Yeah, I just caught the second half of the of the essay uh, presentation just uh, before before this session, and I was I was pretty gobsmacked by what I was hearing and how confident they all were in speaking and, and communicating those 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 ideas. Yeah, we could all be out of jobs pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks, Dan, for sorting all that out. Uh, uh, Teresa, how how about yourself? Your work with captives. What's the innovative stuff you've come across?
7: Well, I'm going to admit that I was just texting my captive manager going, what is innovative about a real estate company that I can kind of (laughs) share, right? But um, I think for us is really being able to kind of just utilize the captive and kind of responding to this difficult and challenging market. Um, We were able to take in certain layers of our wind into our captive this year, but also writing a DIC policy that's kind of that catch-all for us because we've had such strange weather related type incidences over the last few years and with you see some of the climate changes um, Being able to kind of utilize our captive to be able to be that kind of catch-all for the things that kind of creep up and surprise us and you know the Texas freeze For example, where we had $1.8 million of landscaping damage, does anybody realize how expensive palm trees are? They're really expensive, right? So just kind of utilizing the captive in that way, um, that's kind of the innovation that we've been doing over the last year. We're still looking to take other ways of growing the captive, but for Kite, kind of utilizing the captive that we already have and expanding it already is is very innovative for them. So we're growing it, and we're, we're planning on utilizing it in the future as well.
0: And we actually had Teresa on the uh, Global Captive Podcast uh, last year. I think it was last year, and you did talk us through. But you obviously merged two captives in a way and closed down one of those. And that, that was fascinating. So again, I do uh, suggest people look back in our archive and find that episode. Uh, Paul, uh, how about yourself? Again, you work with you know, hundreds of different captives, particularly very, very large ones. What's what's kind of the innovation you're seeing? Yeah,
8: so. Over the last five or six years, I've been really into product innovation and trying to figure things out from the captive side. That was probably released due to the RVI case that I talked about earlier. Um, in that effort, we've had numerous conversations around what can be quantified, what can be identified, the actuarial science that goes around it. Um, some of that has led to products like our medical expense cost containment and and some asset retirement obligations. and. Uh, but yet one of the most interesting discussions I had was really with regard to satellites. And you have a number of satellites in orbit. They're in orbit at a certain distance from the earth. That certain distance from the earth is supposed to be clear, but yet these satellites are multi-billion dollar units, each and every one of them. And you know, what happens if some meteor comes and skims the surface of the atmosphere and knocks out a dozen of the satellites? How do we price that? Can we drop that into a captive? And that was just really challenging, because you know, you're know you trying to think from an actuarial modeling perspective, how will the math work? And, um, and so that was probably one of the most uh, interesting and innovative or novel, perhaps, uh, discussions that we held. And so things like that are in the marketplace right now so
7: it beats my palm trees it beats the palm trees <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: imagine if a meteorite knocked out a load of palm trees on your state. that could be that could be tough alright so uh, we're going to do a trivia so you've got a really really tough score to beat guys I don't know if you saw I don't know if you saw <laughs> I don't know if you saw what happened but you've got you've got to get one to draw level uh, and then uh, and then and then we'll see if you can you can get past that as well so I don't know if you guys want to work out who's going to be nominated to give us some give us answers Yeah. Okay. so make sure you're conferring between each other. Um, So we'll start off this time by telling you that Washington DC, I believe you might have some DC regulators in here. Washington DC licensed eight new captives in 2022. So the first question is, were the number of captives licensed in South Carolina during 2022 higher or lower than DC's eight? Higher or lower than eight? Higher? Higher there we
8: go oh we're tied
0: <laughs> yeah so you're tied so i'll try and be clearer this time so south carolina licensed 27 new captives in 2022 so the next question is in relation to those 27 in, I, I, well I'm i'm getting a heckle just for the listeners i'm getting a heck of memory and i'll go back through the recording and just see if i did outline <laughs> and i'll apologize if i didn't but we'll check we'll check it out so south carolina licensed 27 new captives in 2022 as uh, Jay McDonald's you know, smashing it up over there, doing big things, uh, so that's a great year for them. So next one up is Utah. Were there a uh, higher or lower number of ca- new captives licensed in Utah in 2022 in comparison to South Carolina's 27. Higher. Higher. Two, they've taken the lead. They've, they've definitely secured it. So let's see if they can do a six out of six again, Dan,
5: see if you can keep your 100% record. So y- that's but the more questions we ask, the longer it takes to get to the bar. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> yeah, okay, just just want to point that out. So if we throw an answer here because we've already. That's why. So Utah uh, licensed 40
0: new captives in 2022. Uh, Vermont was Vermont higher or lower than 40 in 2022. 41. 41. 41.
8: 41. Higher.
0: That was the tough one,
5: but it was, it was 41. Exactly.
0: You, know, you
7: can't I, blame us if we you, brought a ringer. Yeah, no,
5: <laughs> believe it or not, I read Richard's uh, articles and numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Real.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll, put, I'll give you something for the plug later. Uh, so uh, let's see if we can continue. So Hawaii, so Vermont was 41 in uh, 2022. Was Hawaii higher or lower? Lower. Correct, Hawaii was 13. In 2022 so that's four i think you've got right guernsey so hawaii was 13 in 2022 did guernsey uh, have higher or lower number of new formations in 2022
8: hawaii was 13.
0: higher is that guessing higher
8: yeah
3: there we go
0: it was lower but it was lower by one it was 12 it was 12. so was hawaii had 13 new captures in 2022 guernsey had 12 uh, in 2022 so uh you did get four correct answers though so you did you did win you didn't get the six out of six so a round of applause for uh this panel <laughs> so as you said dan you said that we are desperate to get to the bar but i believe you do want to say maybe possibly a couple of words
5: yeah i wanted to say a few things to see if it was all right uh, first and foremost love what richard's doing telling the good story of captive insurance we all need to do that more the fact that you get risk managers on every episode and have them acknowledge they have captives and the good business purposes first is outstanding for the industry. So please, let's give Richard a Thank thanks, ben. Thank And then I just also want to say thanks to all of you. I think it was an incredible few days here. Um, we try to put out a good product and we work very hard to improve upon ourselves. Love to hear your feedback. All the surveys are gonna be going out today or tomorrow and I'd love to hear from you. And again, let's wrap it up with a great closing uh, reception. So let's go
2: open the bar.
0: Great, thank you to our panel. Thank you and see you next time, Captives.